Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Three months until my birthday. I'm one of hey. your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let Tim host, Greg. I love when we start a show and right before we get into it, Kevin sets the tone for where the energy is going to be at. And what I appreciate about Kevin is no matter how tired he is, no matter how much is going on, he yeah. throws himself forward. And there yeah. was an energy in his voice when he's like, are you all ready to rock and roll? Where I don't think he got a single word right in the right order, but we were energized by his energy. We felt the, the readiness, the preparedness that he had in his head, not yeah. in his mouth. How you feeling today, Kev? They often don't line up, Tim. They often don't line up. The mouth and the brain, they're not in this, they're not moving in sync. They're not empatico. Simpatico. <laughs> That's what I love, Kevin. That's all about it right there, Kevin the glue. How you I'm so excited. Yeah. I always think of Kevin as our Mick Foley, probably mankind attitude era. We're like, uh-huh. you're not going to keep him down. Remember, like, the I quit match with The Rock? Like, he kept yeah. getting up. They just begged him to stay down, but he couldn't do it. And he did, he, exactly. He's going to propel himself forward. He's going to make this happen no matter what. And that's why yeah. Kevin's the glue. He's the glue, man. And, dude, there's, a, a, there's an energy in the air regardless of Kevin. We got, this is Pokemon Wait, Legends. Yeah, I, I looked outside. I looked outside. I saw some leaves changing. And oh, I was like, what does oh, that mean, Tim? It's review season. It is review season. <laughs> Something you coined yourself. I'm very no, proud of you for coming no, and stepping in and doing that. No. I know who really coined okay, it. Okay, good, good. Joke. I don't want credit I'm for making a joke at Blessings good, Expense, good. Tim. I don't want, I don't want, it. I don't even want the joke credit, Greg. Get that off of me. Because, you know, he's going to come in here like the Kool-Aid man through the wall. <laughs> totally pissed the off. Smallest, the smallest hole in a wall he I've ever seen. just jumps through the keyhole of the door. I'm <laughs> blessing and I'm mad. No, no, I'm right there with you, Tim. Like, you know, we got what we're at on the heels. We have already talked about it multiple times, but to say it again, Dying Light 2 review next week on Gamescast. Of course, Pokemon's out tomorrow. Uh, then Horizon imminently. Uh, Sifu imminently. Elder Scrolls Ooh. imminently. It's Roger Perconi's birthday right Pokorny's birthday right now, by the way. There's a chant going off in the Twitch thing. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. It's all happening, Tim. Yeah. All the video games are happening, except for a few that got delayed, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about today. Uh, we're going to talk Some about. canceled. That are coming back. Well, coming back in video form, which I'm excited about. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of news today, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have new Star Wars 1313 footage, which is ridiculous to say out loud this many years later. A bunch of Ubisoft news, a bunch of cancelizations, some delays, and maybe Uncharted sequel news? We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show over at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. On patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can write in with your questions, comments, concerns. You can get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show we record each and every week of course that's not it you could get shows like ps i love you xoxo the xcast gamescast live as we record them you could be a trog in the chat hanging out with us being part of the shows uh, and you get all those benefits i already mentioned for those shows as well However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You, of course, could watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, just like RJC Gaminji Kebabs on TV and Duck Duck Bots are. If you're watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, rooster teeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday if you wanted to go the extra mile and support kind of funny over on the epic game store you could use the creator code kind of funny all your purchases we get a little bit of kick back over to us and it works on things like rocket league it works on things like fortnite it works on anything on any platform where you can put in an epic creator code housekeeping for you there's a brand new episode of the kind of funny podcast up it's all about lollipops 
And then one fan's bagel shop in New York. <laughs> if you want to know what the hell we're talking about, youtube.com slash kind of funny, roosterteeth.com, podcast services around the globe. Look for the kind of funny podcast. I was talking to Tim before we went live, even though I think it's because a little bit of withdrawal for being gone for three months. We have been on a tear with great episodes. This is mm-hmm. a great episode. Last week's uh, one where we <laughs> stealthily interview Michael Hyam about blessings eating habits. It was a great episode. Greg. Uh, before we get into the the show and all the the rest of the rigmarole, I have two things I want to bring up from chat. One, the chat reminded me that today is in fact Roger Percorni's birthday. So everyone, go send some sweet nasty love to at Roger Former. I feel like this I just distracted. shows how little he listens. Yeah, when I, I get distracted no. looking at the when chat. I into the rigmarole, points, he talked about Jim it. Just flips this, the switch off. This I, is, and I, I hate to say I it. I do. I hate to say it, everybody. I'm sorry. This is a Nick moment, Tim. You've got you've you've oh. aged up so far. You've aged into Nick I did that, uh, And Roger's getting close with every every birthday that he has. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I did get distracted there. You were doing the rigmarole. I totally tuned out. And I'm looking at the chat, but I got distracted. And I have a good reason. I have an excuse for this one, Greg. Mm-hmm. The name that you called out that I very clearly was listening to, the Doc Subot, yeah. right? Yeah. Confusing the hell out of me in chat. I need to bring this to everyone's attention. So his name is Doc Subot. It's an old nickname. Subotnik is his last name. Subotnik, dope last name. But yeah, here's the problem with this. How are we supposed to know it's pronounced Doc Subot when you spell it capital D, lowercase O-C-S-U, capital B, capital O, capital T? There's no way in hell you read that Doc Subot. You see what I'm saying here, Greg? I do, but it's been pointed out to me. It's Roger Percorni's birthday. Happy birthday, Roger. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Wait, well, you had two things, right? Or is that what? It was the, Roger was, was it? number one. And, this and then was, the number was, was Doc Subot. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I like it because the way I ended up saying it, I kind of, I thought if you're in the chat, you're driving your car, you're listening to this later, maybe you thought it was like a Dachshund reference. But no, now it's just his name is Doc Subot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's, he says that he failed. He apologizes right there. So, mm, yeah. mm, but he's, he's a 19 month subscriber on twitch.tv slash kind of funny. Oh, we appreciate I wish that were good enough. I wish that were good enough. <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis, aka at James Davis Makes, Blackjack, and Prankski. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Babble, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Believe it or not, there are 10 items on the Roper Report. A Baker's Dozen! Getting dangerously close to a real Baker's Dozen. Number one on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen, Star Wars 1313. It is a game that never happened and has been gone and dead for years, but somehow new footage has been released of the Boba Fett game we almost got. We're looking at Darren's article over at GameSpot. Kevin, I gave you a link there to throw up if you can. It's just we're going to talk over it because it's what he's writing about. And he says... New footage of the canceled Star Wars 1313 has been unearthed by The Vault, showing off gameplay of the franchise's iconic bounty hunter. I got Doc Subot on the brain now. (laughs) Uh, Bounty hunter Boba Fett as he explores several locations. While some of the video shows the game off in an early stage of production, it's still a fascinating look at some gameplay elements, including exploration of a bar, chasing down targets, and establishing Fett's reputation as a no-nonsense gun for hire. Star Wars 1313 was originally revealed at E3 2012 and would have seen players descend into the criminal underworld of the Galactic Empire's capital city, Coruscant. A year later, and the project was officially dead after Disney Disney's acquisition of the Star Wars franchise and put all ongoing projects on hiatus. The location of the game, level 1313, eventually made its way into several episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Interestingly, Fett was reportedly never meant to be the star of the game. As author Jason Schreier noted in his book, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, LucasArts' leadership was instructed by Star Wars creator George Lucas to replace the original protagonist with a pre-Empire version of Fett. This came well into the development of Star Wars 1313 after LucasArts had cast actor uh, Wilson Benthel uh, established a backstory for the character and had spent a significant time on his technical development. Tim, as we continue to let this roll... What are your thoughts? Is it a I mean, what could have been situation? Oh, it's definitely a what could have been situation. Like, look at this. You can see the potential for sure. And you also can kind of see what turned into other games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's even elements here of us getting our Star Wars fix from Jedi Fallen Order. Obviously, totally different team. But in the beginning of this, we saw some sliding action, some stuff that feels very familiar to anyone that's played Jedi Fallen Order. But the background of this is awesome. 
seeing the ships flying around uh, Coruscant and all this. This is it's so cool. And yeah, this but this iteration of Boba Fett is one I would have been very interested to see. Um, I'm very sad that we're not going to get this game. I love these Uncharted type games, and it would have been great to get a Star Wars one. And you know, now this is two canceled versions of that in different ways uh yeah. between viscerals and this so that's really sad right um, yeah yeah but yeah, you look at this though and it's like you you set you bring up of course a different team you know obviously respawn yada yada for fallen order what you're seeing is i think something that could have been truly special because again we're talking about this game getting revealed uh in 2013 right 20 uh, no 13 13 2012 right yeah and you figure that means it's on the heels of uncharted drake's fortune in 2007 uncharted 2 in 2009 uncharted 3 in 2011 like this game had already seen naughty dog crawl to run and yeah. i think getting in there and putting a star wars skin on that would have been super fascinating like in you know the stuff we were just seeing of you crawling and jumping and like you know sliding down the thing doing the finger grab like that stuff you still see in games today because yeah. it is fun and immersive and doing all these things and do that as boba fett to see that as you know what the canon would have been at the time of a pre-empire boba fett really flesh out that backstory leading up to that moment that'd be cool i mean it'd be super cool and like yeah you talk about the potential of this like looking at this footage it, it and you saying that there's like a lot of modern elements like i'm actually surprised at how modern some of this looks like sure. this what we're looking at here looks like a a very early version of guardians of the galaxy that we just played, yeah if you're an right? audio like, listener we're talking about boba fett walking through the bar right now which to me actually smacks more of mass effect but i understand what you're saying from guardians of walking through the bar and guardians sure but even just the bizarre you walk through in guardians yeah. where you can buy stuff from the thing yeah totally and just like the, the kind of slow walk and then these cinematic moments happening like i'm yeah i'm actually this looks way great more yeah i'm way more impressed with this than i imagined footage coming out of this extremely old game the question i have that i don't remember greg so 2012 this would have been ps3 360 yeah. but oh, yeah, do you think yeah. Oh, yeah, it yeah. would have also been on ps4 like what would they have because this looks pretty damn advanced for a ps3 game but i guess i guess with like uncharted 3 and stuff like that's what they were doing even last of us like no i think it's P yeah i think you would have been ps3 i mean you would have gotten remastered or whatever to you know the next one i assume but i had a dream about the ps3 last night greg <laughs> what happened to it did you use the compact flash slot on the front of it no if i'm being honest me and you got in a fight over the right. designs it's oh okay well this yeah. actually still sounds correct this still yeah sounds it correct. does it definitely does but uh you were you trying to tell me that the original ps3 was attractive and i'm like no oh, it's pad, not yeah, yeah and then and then you started arguing that the uh that it's more attractive than the slim and I, which I slim couldn't... are we talking about are we and, talking that, and about that's the, the thing that i realized even in my dream greg i was upset at myself where i'm like i'm not why am i going to bat for any of the ps3 designs i'm not a fan of any of them I'm trying to remember what the what was I got to look at Tim which one visualize worse, the non you know what I mean? George Foreman grill one What was the read Oh the yeah the one that okay, had okay, the okay. side slider this, Oh this yeah no great. no the slim yeah 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 no the slim the slim the mid one is the hot one when you had the PS3 fat with the Spider-Man font then you had the slim mm -hmm. then you had the George Foreman grill mm -hmm. Slim is the hotness Mm -hmm. we're agreed that's not we want to fight over that I mean again, the best I'm not saying of like them, of that Exactly I'm not yeah. this is definitely you know in the land of the blind the one-eyed man is king or whatever like that's what mm -hmm. i'm talking about like don't get me wrong none of these like move the needle for me dream greg was way more aggressive and was a big fan of the fat uh-huh of all of them no i mean like I, I mean i think the slim is fine i think you know what i mean like i don't i'm not sitting there like thinking you want to know what i was thinking of? this is non-dream greg this is real greg this is your friend Roger. greg right here okay, talking good thank reality God. greg yeah i was last night getting pretty excited i'm starting to you know dice is coming up I'm hosting Dice again. We're going to talk about it here in a couple of news stories. Not about me hosting it, but I'm hosting it on the show by no big deal. Year five or six, I forget. Anyways, though, I obviously got to pack a PlayStation. You know what I mean? I'm going to Vegas for a couple of days. I ain't going to gamble. I'm going to fucking lock myself down in the hotel room, try not to get into COVID and, and host an award show. So I'm bringing the PlayStation 5, and I'm, I start wrapping my head around packing a PlayStation 5. You know, I, I traveled, you know me very well throughout these years, Tim, with a PS4, a PS3, Xboxes. I've traveled with everything. I haven't yeah. traveled much with the PS5 thanks to the pandemic happening with it. And also it's a beefy boy and that's where we go with this conversation as i started daydreaming about what the redesign is going to look like for it when you get a smaller ps5 and i was like it's like i love the wayne tower look of the playstation 5 and i like my first thought was just you shrinking it. that you, you <laughs> just like it. yeah you had the <laughs> ps5 slim next to the ps5 and it's just like it's like it just shrunk down a bit yeah Funny, i shrunk okay. the ps5 that'd be cool yeah because i like i like the wackiness of it mm -hmm. i digress uh, star wars thirteen thirteen looks great i really wish this game would have happened I wish they would have mm -hmm. kept going. I wish Amy's game ragtag would have happened. <laughs> I wish, uh, I don't know. Do you have, I haven't talked to you since it got announced earlier in this week, of course, go back and look at the other games dailies. How are you feeling about these three games out of Respawn? 
Oh, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order 2 could not be more excited. Strategy yeah. game, not necessarily my thing, but sure. putting IP that I love on top of it is the thing that's going to get me into it. Like, mm -hmm. look at Mario plus Rabbids or the Midnight Suns from Marvel. So sure. I think it's a, it's a cool idea. Um, and then the first-person shooter, we just don't know enough about. The Medal of Honor VR team, that doesn't get me excited, but yeah. um, not because they're not talented, just because I'm not too aware of their talents. So For sure. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm bummed that we're not getting a Battlefield Battlefront 3. Like, I think the Battlefront has a lot of issues, but, like, at the end of the day, to this day, it's one of the most impressive-looking games ever and sounding games. Like, it is Star Wars through and through. Do you and, think there's still more juice in that orange, though? Like, I, this is something I said as a novice, not as a Star Wars fan, not as a first-person shooter, or a shooter fan. I know it can be played in third-person, too. Like, you had two of those games that seemed like they threw everything in the kitchen sink. Like, I feel, and then, of course, there's all the baggage that comes with the name now, thanks to loot boxes, microtransactions. Like, I would assume you take time off and come back with something different after a bit. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think EA is just in a weird place with their big online multiplayer shooters in every direction. So I, I think that no matter what, they would have to, like, kind of go back to the drawing board. But I just think the Battlefront name means so much and a battlefront three would mean even more like i feel like mm -hmm. that we just need to hit that number one day um but yeah I, I obviously it's it is layered and complicated so i totally understand them not jumping into it uh but i think that we're far enough away from battlefront 2 being bad like having its issues and they fixed those over time but i don't know i i'm again not surprised that it's not happening i am a little bummed because i enjoyed it i thought that the story in battlefront 2 wasn't the best but it was fun to play and I feel like if they, I'd like to see another swing at it, but um, I would you much rather Jedi Fallen Order 2. So I'm happy yeah. with that. Yeah, I can't wait for Fallen Order 2. And number two in the Roper Report, uh, Ed Boon's going to the Dice Hall of Fame. The Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences is pleased to announce its 25th Hall of Fame recipient, Ed Boon, Chief Creative Officer of Nether Realm Studios and Mortal Kombat. Boon, co-creator of the storied Mortal Kombat and Injustice franchises, will be honored at the 25th Annual Dice Awards Ceremony at the Mandalay Bay Resort in Las Vegas and live-streamed on IGN on February 24th. Matt Booty, head of Xbox Game Studios, will present the 2022 Hall of Fame Award Boone. The AIAS Hall of Fame honor is bestowed on game creators who have been instrumental in the development of highly influential games and moving a particular genre forward. These individuals demonstrate the highest level of creativity and innovation, resulting in significant product in, in, significant product influence on a scale that expands the scope of the industry. Past Hall of Fame recipients include Connie Booth in 2020, Bonnie Ross in 2019, Todd Howard 2017, Hideo Kojima 2016, and the list goes on and on and on. Tim, Ed Boone, I know you hate him. How do you feel about this? I hope he doesn't get get caught for steroids before this happens, but which is a Fine. joke I probably That's shouldn't have made after you made a joke about me hating him because I definitely don't hate him. Yeah, you, like, you like Ed Boone a lot, but then you use some topical Barry Bonds humor, which I appreciate. I appreciate Me and Andy like that reference. Nobody else understands. No, we're joking. Ed Boone's great. Ed Boone's yeah, awesome. No, this is awesome. I mean, Ed Boone, obviously, uh, it's super influential uh, into video games, and especially with NetherRealm. Like, what... The Mortal Kombat franchise has went through over the last couple of decades is honestly kind of a beautiful thing to see. Like, I always talk about this, but it still impresses me that Mortal Kombat 9, 10, and all the way through like to 11 and Ultimate with where we're at now. Like, when we were at IGN, that was like the biggest thing ever. If there was a character reveal in Mortal Kombat, like, it was the number one story. And it was like, how many videos, how many articles can we write about this? Yeah. Because this is what the people want. And I was always kind of surprised about that. Like Mortal Kombat's fucking awesome and has very wide appeal, but I didn't expect it to be like that type of, oh shit, like this is the number one story of the week type shit every single time there was anything about Mortal Kombat. And that's a testament to the quality that NetherRealm has put into the last couple iterations of the and game and really reviving it. And exactly. That's the thing I think if you're not paying attention or if you just are new around to video games there are young people out there i assume uh it's the fact that yeah mortal kombat you know you talk about the dice award here right you know uh, highest level of creativity and innovation resulting in significant product influence on a scale that expands the scope of the industry obviously when we were kids Mortal Kombat was groundbreaking, right? Like it was, it was, you know, it, it had blood in it. It had guts in it. Parents were freaking out about it. It was on the news. It was this, it was rated, it was blocked. It was the but rock was, and roll of video games. And it was everywhere, right? And then it begets the movie and it has this cultural impact. And I think at some point, obviously, as you continue to add on sequels and sequels and sequels to it, it became a parody of itself. 
where it was that even though I loved Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 because I'm that old and me and my friends playing in my basement, you know what I mean, and doing fatalities and stuff like that, as they added on more babyalities and friendships and and they it just set, stacked so much stuff on it. And, and I would say crap, but I'm not, and I'm not a, I, I loved those games. I'm not an, a franchise fan, right? It got to a point where I think at least people weren't giving it a second look anymore. That was something for a very, a, a not small audience, but an audience. It was it a different audience. It, but it, and it builds and builds and builds to it's this weird thing that I don't think was what Mortal Kombat is now or was then. It has this weird growing pain section where it is making all these games that so people care about, but not on the scale that they care about Mortal Kombat 10. Not yeah, when, they no, did, totally. when they brought it back. Yeah, I, I think what happened was there was the original 90s kind of trilogy, I'll say, and like even that's kind of debatable. But like obviously like the classic ones that defined what Mortal Kombat is and really were a huge moment in video games. But then once we started getting like five, six, seven, like in that era area around the PS2, those games, it just became fun. That just became a gamer's game where you rent it. It's like the kind of like that it, Mortal Kombat, like deception is a perfect example to me of like the PS2 era where it's like that era was a kind of about the quantity of fun as opposed to like what we look at now as like prestige gaming titles right and i think that mortal kombat 9 and specifically 10 really were the ones that brought it back to mortal kombat being a prestige title more than it ever was before where i feel like even in the 90s that was uh, a totally different time and what mortal kombat meant to video games is different than what it means to video games now where sure. mortal kombat is one of the bigger franchises across all of gaming and it's there's expectations there for from quality and from just expectations of like character and just just what you kind of want from iconic video games where this game's not just iconic it's also really good yeah that's a great way of putting it for sure 100 because i go back to you know when i was at ign early days right like i reviewed mortal kombat versus dc universe in 2008 like I did that because at the time I was the biggest DC fan on staff. They didn't have a Mortal Kombat fan to review that game. And like I should not be reviewing a fighting game by any stretch of the imagination. But at the time when you they, you go to the review pool, who cares about this game? Greg cared in some regard. And so I got it. And I think that was when you're in this main section of Mortal Kombat burnout and then a small audience that's there. But then to what you're talking about, Tim, of these games that weren't meant to be being played on a stage and being this you know this fighting game audience bread and butter thing they were meant to be something you rented with your friends and, and gawked at fatalities and then moved on with your life yeah i mean i'll never forget renting deadly alliance with my friend curd we popped that thing in the first cutscene is Liu kang is dead and his like head gets chopped off and i was like this is awesome like that's the level of just like this is stupid ass popcorn flick type gaming right and like yeah they they nailed that but they really leveled up. So shout out to Ed Boon, man. Like just being there the whole time, and and not even Mortal, Com just Mortal Kombat, like uh, Injustice, right? Like an Injustice too. Yeah. Holy shit, man! So fucking cool. I can't wait to see what they're doing next. Neither can I. But that's still so far away. This would have been a good transition to the mm -hmm. list, but we're not there mm -hmm. yet. Instead, we're on number three, which begins a Aru, a Ubisoft rock block. Uh, we'll start with this. Rainbow Six Extraction is a hit. Uh, this is via Benji Sales over on Twitter, who tweets, Rainbow Six Extraction has reached over 3 million players in its first week of release. The game is currently the fourth most popular title on Game Pass on console in the United States. Tim interesting right i know you haven't played you don't care about these kind of games i've played a lot i had a lot of fun uh, i haven't played nearly as much as andy and mike but i play with them and enjoy myself even you know this weekend i was taking out the compost bin while general's taking care of benjamin i got a text from gary wood he's like me and cleef are gonna play extraction you want to climb on i was like damn man extraction is everywhere yeah man and that's game pass right and i, I i'm so interested in the, this new story for what it means a couple years from now when we look back and these numbers that are just are they inflated numbers or is this a shift in the industry where we look at this in Halo, 20 million players, the biggest Halo launch ever, Forza Horizon 5, like the biggest uh, Forza launch. And it's like, cool, Game Pass is allowing people to have that launch. But what's the longevity look like and what what are those numbers? It reminds me of the boon of YouTube and Internet video and that 2008 to 2011 era where views were just inflated to all hell because what counted as a view wasn't quantified yet there weren't rules around it all and it, for the, the ad agencies weren't making money off of it properly yet they were still trying to figure that all out right so yeah. there'd be a million views it's like okay but how many people actually watched it you know sure, sure, sure. and so you had to figure that out i think that this is different because this this 
has to be active players. This is people that are playing with each other, engaging in games. There's an interactivity involved that videos don't have, right? So this number is huge, especially for these games that Rainbow Six Extraction would not be getting a headline about success in terms of sales, uh, I don't think, if it weren't for Game Pass, right? But here we are with Game Pass, it is. At what point are we not going to praise these numbers anymore? It's just kind of normal and expected. And then what is the bar going to be? Is it going to be, it has to hit 20 for it to be talked about? I don't know. I'm interested in it, but I do think that, I don't think it's going to turn into the inflated numbers thing. I do think that this is a shift in the industry where more people are playing games and these numbers are going to continue to get higher in the same way you look at uh, the Nintendo sales of their first party titles. Like the fact that a Zelda game is going to cross 30 million sales by the end of the Switch life cycle is utterly insane. I mean, I remember uh, Mario Kart being, Mario Kart Wii being this like crazy ass goal not goal but like that couldn't even have been a goal because the 35 million sales it had were like no game can fucking hit that are you kidding me (laughs) a single platform game like all that it's just crazy and then now the switch kind of has a whole bunch of titles like bumping up against that and i think that by the end of the life cycle many will cross it and then you look at playstation and the sales for horizon the sales for god of war the sales for spider-man like ghost like they're astronomical compared to what we were seeing before from playstation exclusive sales on on previous consoles and stuff like there are more people playing games there are more people interested in playing games and there are more people actually invested in ecosystems of gaming and game pass allows even more people at a lower barrier so these numbers are going to continue to go up and i just think this is going to result in more people playing games more people asking for games and therefore more quality games being made well, it also falls into the category of and why this is a headline. You're like, is three million a success? You know, it, what, what's that number? It's on Xbox Game Pass, yada yada yada. I think it is very unique to Rainbow Six Extraction, right? We're talking about a game that had a weird reveal, had a change of its name. It, I don't think in the lead up to it, many people were sitting there going, "Man, I can't wait to play Rainbow Six Extraction." It was a game that hit at the right time. It hit, it, you know, it's a brand new year, and everybody wants those brand new games. And so to drop a game that is forty dollars, so not even the seventy dollars, not even sixty dollars, forty dollars, but more importantly, put it out on Game Pass, you get this kind of movement where you see people who are going to try it and then have fun with it. And again, you know, this is back to I think when Gary Witta and I were talking last year now about aliens fire or uh, fire team elite aliens fire team elite right i got the name right which was you know another co-op shooter that was rough around the edges but enjoyable enough and gary was into it i'm like how long are you to be into this i don't know a week you know what i mean like when we start i think you look can look at game pass and we compare it so much to netflix of gaming right but in these kind of instances it reminds me to harken back to the second story we just did right you and current renting a mortal Kombat. like it is you and your friends can get in and get this game and you're yeah. not paying for it so you can go and play it you can have some fun with it for the weekend for for a week for launch week and be like cool i'm out and i'm never coming back and i think for rainbow six extraction a game that had and i i may be overstating or you know over dramatizing here little to no hype behind it i didn't you know i'm not part of the siege community so i don't know how much they were into it but i know like i saw skill ups youtube video where he was like as a siege player i hate this game it's bad like yeah there's different expectations applied to it by different audiences. And I don't think so many people would have tried this if it was a full price game or you had to buy it period. The fact yeah. that it was there, you're able to jump in and go is great. Ubisoft's able to make money off the microtransactions. And then where they go from here is an interesting question. Nanobiologist is in the chat right now and spoilers, nanobiologist is the squad up because he's trying to get all the achievements on rainbow six and he's about there. But in chat, he was like, I just want to see a roadmap. They could do this. They could do that. Blah, blah. Are they going to do any of that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is this, they made their money from the Game Pass and they're gone? Do they need to keep going? Are they just going to turn it due to Siege? We'll have to wait and see. But I that's mean, what these kind of games can be now. Yeah, and I think that's the bigger question, though, uh, to, to follow up to my whole diatribe I just had about, like, what does this actually mean for the industry? The question for me now is, cool, If once we understand what a level of success means and what expectations are for Game Pass numbers, then the next question is, okay, but then what's that actually mean for the game's longevity and what does that mean for the developers of are they going to create these weekend moment type games where to your Mm -hmm. point about renting games and just having these funds like what is the the timeline that they care about for people engaging with any video game they're putting out are they going to continue to be like we just want people to have fun with this game for a month or just a week or just a weekend whatever it is and i think that's okay but there is the concern that games are going to start to be designed just for that as kind of like a 
Let, let's get these pops of the initial, the money coming in for the signups and all that stuff. And then eh, we're not really going to do anything. Maybe one little drop here. And that's kind of it just to kind of, but like, then, look it, like then we're, we're into a fascinating stuff. conversation that, and I know I'm trying to take, you know, old terminology and put it here of like, what if that is the double a game though? That is how it works now. Right. Because yeah. like, I never needed DLC for dark void. Like <laughs> I reviewed it and granted, I didn't need anything. Dark sector might be a better reference, right? Where I played dark sector and I finished dark sector. And I was like, this is a fun game with a glaive and cool powers. I wasn't looking for more. Like it's just it's your point of like, Oh, what else could they do? Or even nano's thing. Like, I think it's interesting when I was talking so much about outriders and I was playing outriders at the beginning of last year when it was in a similar position, right? Where we were waiting for something. Here's something to play. And I was like, yeah, I'm having fun, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I kept saying like, I wonder what they're going to do in a post-launch world or they're doing this blah, blah. And I think I actually talked about them hemming and hawing about DLC and stuff like that. But somebody brought up a point of like, if you enjoyed the 60 hours or whatever it is, I think it's 48, according to my PlayStation, 48 hours you've played with it. Why are you why are you like, well, but it doesn't have a roadmap. It doesn't have a thing. Maybe that's all this game needs to is trying to be. And that's all it'll be. And yeah. I think if you're doing that, maybe that and they, they, people are designing games that are, hey, these are things we want you to enjoy for a week or a month. If, if we were to say it was a single player campaign that was eight to 10 hours, it'd be like, oh, okay, cool. But when it is something like this, you know, what it's kind of like juicy fruit. How long do you want to chew that gum? You get that burst of flavor. But then what do you do with it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's where it comes down to expectations. Right. And I, I we haven't really seen anyone kind of set that expectation of yeah there's not going to be extra content for this multiplayer game we're putting out we expect you to have fun with what this is for as long as you do and that's why i guess annoying because outriders initially said that and then they were like well hold on people like the game well no we're making stuff and we're doing stuff and then I, they dropped some of it and i didn't even know about it until i saw yeah. a week later talking about it i was like oh really Shit, yeah man. we're just in, we're in a cool place right now where things are changing cool. and and there's just stuff coming out and like i i the point that i keep making the last couple of weeks and i am still just baffled by is the amount of games that we were just wrong about at where we all kind of expect them to not be good and they end up being good to great and that's continuing to happen and i'm i'm stoked about it and i wonder how much game pass has to do with that i wonder how much having a player base for outriders having a player base for extraction is changing the the narrative of these things speaking you know? of having hey. a player base number four on the roper report ubisoft shutting down hyperscape yes hyperscape was still going uh the official post goes like this contenders which i guess is what hyperscape called its people uh you <laughs> we have made the difficult decision to end development of hyperscape and shut down the game as of april 28th the day after my birthday we set our we set out to create a vertical close quarters and fast-paced shooter experience and we are extremely grateful to our community for joining us on our journey we will be taking key learnings from this game into future products to the hyperscape community thank you all for your passion and dedication to the world of neo arcadia both inside and outside of the game your devotion to the game we built will always be cherished reach out to us if you have any questions sincerely hyperscape blessing put this in the the slack and then he immediately responded like i didn't even know it was still happening and i'm kind of in that camp too and following up with the last stories we were talking about to hear it is crazy that there are just so many games out there, so many multiplayer games out there that there's a community and there are people playing, but that community is not necessarily big enough to continue this thing going. But it's just crazy how much is going on that we're just unaware of. Like, did you know Hyperscape still existed? Dude, I think you could show me three different screenshots and I, it would be a toss-up of me trying to identify what Hyperscape is. <laughs> Valorant! <laughs> like, ooh, shit, fuck. I think it's... That would be even better if you gave me blind, like, what is this game? If you, we hadn't been talking about Hyperscape, it would have been an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Yeah, so no. I, exactly, though. It's right. And again, like, I think the usual thing is when stuff like this happens, it's uh, the, you know, hot take 280 characters is a joke. Uh, that was still going. Or me right now literally being, I don't even know what that game looks like, which isn't a joke. I really don't. But it's also the thing of like, again, to piggyback off of story number three, I'm glad they tried. I, you know, shout out to this team. Someone, you know, there was a team there of uh, talented game designers who were like, we have an idea and we want to make this game and we're going to go make this game. And they Is that did. The case, and though? It, it didn't hit. I don't fucking know. Somebody yeah. there cared about Hyperscape. But well, just get spit out of an AI generator. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, though. And, and like, look, somebody cared is, like, a, a very complicated thing. And, like, I, I hope that somebody really did. I hope that many people really did. And I hope that they, they cared. But to me, it always came down to, okay, Ubisoft just wants a Battle Royale. And, hey, uh, I guess this team's going to do it and try your best, you know? And yeah. 
I, I don't know that's right, but that's kind of what it feels like looking at Ubisoft and how they make decisions and look at how they chase For trends sure. and all that. Stuff, Ubisoft but. definitely chases trends and definitely chases, you know, where they think the market is going. They are obviously very business oriented on that. So that's definitely possible of how it went. But the team, I'm sure people threw themselves into that project. Oh, yeah, again, absolutely. You know, it's an uphill battle, even if you're chasing a trend, but you can do that. You could do, I mean, look at, I, I know this is like, fucking look at uh, Michael Jordan, but like, look at Fortnite, right? Where it was like, our game sucks and is failing. Well, we like we should try doing a battle royale like uh, PUBG. Why not? Like people, you know, it can happen. You can go. You can try. The people who worked on Hyperscape tried really hard. So I do feel, no, for yeah. them, you know, I and I'm excited to see their passion and dedication. Or no, that's the wrong one. Uh, their key learnings in their future products. And then finally, in your Ubisoft rock block, before I talk to you about our sponsors, number five, uh, Ubisoft Singapore, it turns out, isn't toxic after all. This is Jared Moore at IGN with an update to the story from August 21, where they talked about there being an investigation investigation into a toxic workplace at Ubisoft Singapore. I digress. Here's IGN's Jared Moore. An investigation into... An investigation into potentially toxic culture at Skull & Bones lead developer Ubisoft Singapore has come out in favor of the studio. The triparte... Yeah, tripart, tripartite Alliance for Fair and Progressive Employment Practices (TAFEP) launched an investigation into the studio last year after reports of workplace harassment, discrimination, and unfair pay disparity. As announced today by Ubisoft, uh, TAFEP has concluded that the Singapore studio has a structured system in place to handle misconduct reports and that previous reports were dealt with appropriately. It also reported that differences in pay is performance-based, with disparities coming down to experience or seniority rather than biases. Managing Director Daryl Long said, quote, We've put best practices in place at Ubisoft Singapore to ensure a safe, respectful, inclusive, and equitable workplace for every member of our team. We will continue striving uh, to be an exemplary employer in Singapore and the region, one that attracts and retains the best talents and creates amazing games that enrich the lives of our players, end quote. Uh, back to Jared Mord IGN. It has been a tumultuous period for Ubisoft with delays and further allegations of tox toxic workplaces, while a, quote, great exodus of development talent has reportedly caused issues at the company's many studios. I added the many part, the company's studios. Whew. There you go, Tim. An yeah. update to August 21st. We bring up all the time, you know, toxic workplace allegations, uh, uh, toxic workplace confirmations, and I'm not talking about just Ubisoft everywhere. I think it's important that when an investigation comes back like this one into Ubisoft Singapore, we have something, that, there's something to say. There it is. You know what I mean? That it turns out that at least in in the TAFEP's uh, eyes, this was not actually there and these uh, reports weren't founded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, it's so so complicated to talk about. Hopefully, that's all true. And hopefully, it's not actually a thing. That's all I really could say about 100%. that. 100%. And I think it's important to point out that, again, this is what they found for Ubisoft Singapore. Ubisoft as a company, not at all remotely totally. do they have clean hands in this situation. I always urge you to go to twitter.com slash a better Ubisoft. That's where, of course, current and former Ubisoft employees, uh, including over 13,000 supporters demanding real permanent change. Uh, you can go there. They still have up a uh, Google form you can click on uh, that you can then go and sign uh, to have Ubisoft address the concerns there because, of course, there's a bunch of concerns that still have not been addressed uh, by Ubisoft from a management capacity, and that's fucked up for their employees so please go do that twitter.com slash a better ubisoft speaking of dot coms i'll tell you about patreon.com uh patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go to write and be part of the show you can be a patreon producer you can get the show ad free you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday however you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so right now let me tell you about our sponsors when it comes to getting a good night's sleep there's only one thing you need a good mattress. Forget all those gimmicks like mattress toppers and weighted blankets. If your mattress is terrible, your sleep is going to be terrible. So get the only thing you truly need, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the Gel Flex Grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. How do I know? Well, I talked to a young man named Timothy Geddes, and Timothy swears by the purple pillow. Then, on top of that, he used to have a roommate named Joey Noel who swore by her purple mattress. That's right. Kind of funny sleeping all over this purple stuff and loving every minute of it. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use the code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Code kindoffunny for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. Terms apply. 
There are a ton of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year, and personally, learning a new language with Babbel is at the top of my list. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast, and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg, and as you know, I'm in love with a French Canadian named Jean-Vive Saint-Ange. And uh, Jen, of course, uh, first language is French. She learned English later on, and I've been trying to learn French, but I keep falling off. I've got Babbel on my phone. I'm ready to do it in 2022. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I could probably use that for English. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code KINDAFUNNY, all one word. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code KINDAFUNNY, Babbel, language for life. Number six on the Roper Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Game Informer's next cover has been revealed, and it is Elden Ring. We join Daniel Tack's announcement story at GameInformer.com. An Elden Ring from software's creation illuminates with an absolutely huge open world to explore. With design de- decisions and features learned from over a decade of honing dark fantasy action slash RPG fare. With around 10 hours of hands-on gameplay with Elden Ring and a one-hour interviewer <laughs> interviewer interview with Miyazaki, join us on a journey through the early portions of this grandiose epic. After this incredible experience with the full game, I can honestly say I have never been as excited for a release as I am with Elden Ring. Luckily, we don't have to wait long as Elden Ring is scheduled to arrive on February 25th. In our 18-page cover story, we take on the game. 18 pages, Tim! Wow. In our 18-page cover story, we take on the game's first major boss, explore previously unrevealed areas of the open world, journey into into the magical roundtable hold, and delve into dungeons big and small. The world of Elden Ring has no shortage of secrets to find, and we discover some fascinating mysteries between our brief foray into the lands between. In addition, Miyazaki discusses numerous facets of the game with us from George Railroad Martin's exciting collaboration, uh, I'm sorry, collaborative aspects to a rekindled love for creating poisonous swamp environments. Tim (laughs) Geddes, number one, how excited for Elden Ring number one are you? And and then Uh, number two, how fucking disgusted with Tamor Hussein are you that he didn't land this cover story for GameSpot.com he yeah, see, he's always bad. like oh GameSpot.com number one game website number, number two one game, game website. website number three game website yeah, it, looks look like like it. it looks like they're the number 700th uh, Elden Ring website right now you know what I mean yeah. R- Lucy James is rolling over her in her grave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still how excited for Elden Ring are you um, I, I'm excited for people. I'm so excited. I, I love hear, hearing Daniel say that this is the most excited for a release he's ever been. That's awesome. I love that. I love those type of tentpole games, and they're rare, honestly. But this seems to kind of be it for a lot of people. I'd be surprised if this wasn't Tam's most uh, anticipated game of all time. And that's kind of cool that we can be this far into gaming, this old in our lives, and still be this excited about something. I also love uh, hearing you read these like paragraphs of words that mean absolutely nothing to me about a video game. And it's just like, you can apply that to any game. Like I remember any, every time you talk about destiny and you start saying all these words, it's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And if I was talking about uh, Pokemon shit, you'd be like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like every I know Porygon, game is, baby. Yeah, you know that Porygon, baby. Uh, but I just love like, even here, the, like uh, the lands between and the, the, like all this shit. It's like, I don't even, what the hell does this mean? But like, I'm so stoked that it means so much to people. And, in february february 25th they're gonna get this and i really 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 feel like this game's gonna be something extra special not just like oh man it's a damn good video game like i think that we have a a a shift on our hands with this with the way that people are talking about it that have played it like seeing andy talk about this game is unlike andy talking about anything ever including those band rush this is it's more than the cheese puffs man Wow. Like there's there's like a a passion in his eyes. There's a shake to it all. I'm excited. You? It's that thing where it's like you know I I liked Bloodborne fine, but it didn't click for me. Like you know when all the way through <laughs> played it with the guys, Timor helped me out a lot. Of course, even though we're I know he's taking it very hard. I see him in the chat. He is like a little kid throwing a tantrum in there. That his website is now number four for Elden Ring behind, of course, GameInformer.com, IGN.com, Twitter.com/slash ImranOMG. And now there's game games, uh, game spot right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, I'm, you know, the open world part of it gets me excited. Uh, you know, the, you know, hearing Andy talk about us all exploring it together and learning new things and trying to track stuff down. I don't, I don't think at this point it's going to be something that clicks for me. Like I'm excited to get in there. I'm excited to try it out. But I imagine that first time I run into something that's like, well, now how do oh, man, everybody on the internet is trying to figure out how to figure out how to get through this door with this key. I'm like, I don't want to do this shit. I'm going to go back to probably trying to platinum dying light two or platinum horizon or whatever the hell it is. Well, that's the other thing too for Catch me. It's Pokemon. like, because like, I don't the, believe Porygon's not in this one. I know you're telling me this is in the past. <laughs> you're telling me this is in the past. Porygon's created in a lab or some shit. We there's gonna be a wooden Porygon, right? That somebody else made there. That's how it's gonna work. I'm gonna get a Porygon. <laughs> I love I love how serious you are because I don't believe the Porygon is not in Pokemon. You don't Legend. have you don't have Muhammad Ali ride the bench when you're in the Olympics for boxing, right? You put him in the game, and that's Mom, what they're gonna do right Porygon, here. Porygon, the Muhammad Ali of Pokemon. <laughs> He's widely considered that great. Do you know what Porygon is most well known for, Greg? Being polygonal. Giving kids seizures in Japan. <laughs> He's the one who did it? Yes. Yeah. That was the yeah. first time I ever heard about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And like 18. the fucked up thing is he knew about it too. <laughs> he, like, he looked right at the screen. He was like, hello, children. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I hope there's a wooden Porygon just for you, though, Greg. Thank you. I would really appreciate that. I want Pokemon Legends. Why is it 10:48 a.m. on a Thursday? I want yeah, it to be 10:48 on a Friday. Yeah, you know, you, you got to wait for this game. It's right there. God. Yeah, that's the other thing. There's been Reddit threads like, yeah, kind of funny you didn't get a code, so it's sad. But a lot of people didn't, right? It was the fact that they kept the reviews tight on this one. That's what I was told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're tight. Because what it means, of course, is like sad. this is one of those few times that I can come, I can reach across the aisle, and I can grab Snowbike Mike's hand and shake it and laugh at you. The mm. fact that we have the Xbox podcast, we have the PlayStation podcast, of course, we're going to get all those games. You know what I mean? Mm. But when mm. they're like, man, we can't give out Pokemon uh, Artreus to everybody. We can only give it out to some people. And they're like, well, shorten the list. Who has a Nintendo podcast? Like, what well, kind of funny doesn't? So, boop. I will say, in a very, very, very <laughs> selfish way, yeah. I'm actually kind of happy that I just get to experience this game with everybody oh, without the off. pressures yeah. of review yeah. and all that stuff. Real talk. like sure, I, sure. I didn't want to have to like fucking sure. cram in Pokemon totally. Legends like 100 hours. This is exactly how I felt about have, getting to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife in a theater instead of getting to see it away ahead of time. I was like, you know, this is better for me. No, for Benjamin. Totally different. If it totally. was like a, a shorter game, I want to fucking early and I want to fucking get that experience as soon as possible. But with this, it's like... I'm slow playing Pokemon Legends, baby. We're going, we're going all the way. You gotta catch them all, and I'm gonna catch them all, Greg. Kevin, is he really gonna catch them all? Nah, he's gonna get a lot of them though. Like, yeah, no, I believe that. Like, that I buy. we'll look at the list and be like, oh wow, that's a lot of them. And he's like, yeah, it's pretty much all of them. We're gonna be like, nah, it's mm. not. Where's the? I don't see the poor. I don't see that wooden Porygon. Where's that wooden Porygon? You know. Waragon is <laughs> number seven on the Roper Report. Uh, are we going to get another Uncharted one day? This is Rachel Weber over at Games Radar, who was interviewing uh, Naughty Dogs. Kurt Marganow, of course, co-lead designer on Uncharted 4, and game director on Uncharted Lost Legacy, and Sean S. Guy, creative director on Uncharted Lost Legacy, and lead cinematic animator on Uncharted 4. Of course, they're talking about the Legacy of Thieves collection, which is coming out this week. Various reviews up right now, kind of funny all over the place, but. We joined the article to talk about if we're going to ever get another Uncharted. But with Uncharted Lost... But I'm sorry, with Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection reminding us why the series is so special, fans will want to know if we'll ever get an Uncharted 5. Perhaps even one where a new character like Chloe takes on the role of the treasure hunting hero. Of course, neither of the Naughty Dog guys would spill the studio secrets, but there was a sliver of hope. Quote, I think we can say for certain that we can never say never. Yeah, Uncharted is a franchise we love, that the studio loves, I love, and Kurt loves. It's a world we want to see more of, so I can definitely say that, said Sean. Tim, are we ever getting more Uncharted? I mean, first off, I just want to say it's fucking rude of them to release this game now. You know? Everyone's replaying Uncharted 4, everyone's replaying Lost Legacy. You know what that does to me, Greg? I fucking want to do that. I want to play Lost Legacy. But then Pokemon's here. We got Horizon on the but horizon. You don't have it. I guess you're right. I do have You don't have a Nintendo hours. podcast, so you don't have Pokemon. Yeah. You on the internet are not known as a Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. you could be playing Uncharted right now. It's true. I want to. I want to. I want to do Uncharted. I love Uncharted. I I said this when Lost Legacy came out, and I, I don't think it was a popular opinion at our on our panel at the time, but I will take a Lost Legacy every year. I like the smaller type, kind of like just getting that, not a movie length, but like four or five hour experience of Uncharted level quality every year, focus on a different character. That's the type of annualization I'm looking for. Um, 
but and also that'd be insane but even smaller if they just give me give me two and a half hours every year something fun to look forward to a pulpy adventure you know i'd be all in um, what if I I, what if, what if the trade-off was this what if rather than getting that they took like seven years to make last of us factions too would that be cool yeah, see, I don't want that. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't bad. want Last of Us factions. No, no, happening. no. I just no. want single player Sorry. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll then definitely get an Uncharted again. I don't. I still don't think it'll be soon. I think you sit on that. I don't think it's this generation. And it's I think probably you... not Naughty Dog, right? That's when it gets weird. Of I don't think if I'm another studio, I don't want that pressure. I don't want to take that. Like, because yeah. we all saw with Sony Bend and Golden Abyss. And granted, I mean, there's things you could not so like about Golden though. Abyss, but it is the same of like from the beginning, they were behind the eight ball on that one. Yeah. Like, trying to overcome what Naughty Dog did, trying to overcome it on a handheld that's new. We try to put in all these different things. Like, if it, no matter what, it's, it's the same thing with Arkham Origins, right? Like, you take somebody else's thing and you're like, I'm going to do something with it. Like, even if I'm not saying these games are perfect by any stretch of the imagination, I think immediately you're already starting points docked. I, I think that we're in a new era, though, that is very interesting. We haven't quite got to this point, but I think that by next generation, we will, where Sony has a stable of IP that is so iconic and so, like, prestige that there could be, and, and not, not just IP, but studios, where we now have multiple studios that we talk about and people love. Uh, whether yeah. it's Gorilla, whether it's Naughty Dog, whether it's Insomniac, continue, Sucker continue, Punch. continue. Uh, but Sucker Punch, exactly. The idea of one team playing with another franchise, I think, is a lot more exciting than the Arkham Origins situation where it's like, oh, it's not Rocksteady. That sucks. Whereas the idea of Insomniacs making an Uncharted game, people would be excited about that. Okay. You know, like okay. I think we, we haven't seen that yet, but I do think we're going to see that of them kind of playing and giving something different that creates a, a, a really kind of interesting new vibe where Nintendo's kind of dabbled with that a little bit in the past and especially in the GameCube era where or gamecube gba game Boy color era even where it's like capcom making oracle of ages and seasons and that type of stuff where that was exciting news even though it's a core zelda game and nintendo's not the one making it like that type of shit i think is really really interesting and can be fun and kind of give a little new life into franchises like uncharted that at this point have had five six iterations okay i could see it i guess I think you have to go completely different, though, right? Like, does on is Uncharted just Nathan Drake? And I know we already have Lost Legacy, so it no, literally isn't. But I think well, I would want to see if I if I was if it's going to be Insomniac's Uncharted, or more importantly, Hideo Kojima presents Uncharted, then I'd want it to be totally I different. Mean, We're just treasure hunting. It's some other treasure hunter. It doesn't have to be tied to Nathan at all. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many characters in Uncharted that would be that could be the protagonist. Cutter, all right, you know, whatever happened. Oh happened. hell yeah, give me some Cutter action. <laughs> nah, we're running long in the tooth here. Number Wait. eight. Sony London's working on an online PS5 game. This is Jared Moore again at IGN.com. Sony's London Studios recruiting new talent in order to develop its next game, which it says will be an online PlayStation 5 exclusive, according to a number of recent job postings advertised by Sony London Studio, which most recently released VR exclusive Blood and Truth. The company is looking to put together a fresh new team in order to create an online PlayStation 5 game. We could keep talking, but that is what they will continue to say over and over again. So Sony London, online PlayStation 5 game. Frankly, awesome. Go get them. Loved Blood and Truth. Uh, I don't need this to be VR. I'd like to see what they would do in a non-VR world, but I also know they're passionate about VR. So if they're making VR for P PlayStation VR 2, let's go. Just shorten up the weird loads Blood and Truth had, where mm -hmm. like somebody would walk into another room and shut the door behind them, and then I'd walk to the door, and then the door would have to open for me to go into the next area. Knock that shit off. Yeah. Number I nine. loved the, the little uh, experience they did before Blood and Truth in the, oh, yeah, the heist, VR and worlds heist. or whatever. And heist, yeah. Shit was awesome. I loved Getaway from way back in the day. They should just make a Getaway. Can you do me a favor? I know this is the worst time for me to ask you to do this. Tim, there's no bad time for you. Oh, that definitely is. There's so many games. But at some point, can you please just play the Matrix experience? Just for like, just play for 30 minutes. It's just 30 minutes. I just need you to see these facial animations. Don't, it's not even about the Matrix. It doesn't matter. It's not I about the I feel like I've seen enough GIFs go by of it that I get it. it but looks it's when you have the controller in your hands, it changes it, man. It fucking changes it, dude. Craig, I don't think it's worth it, if I'm being honest. I mean, Kevin, it's just Did like, you do, do it, I Kevin? need to go back into this nah, shitbag world? What's his face? What's his face was doing it? Mike, we, no, no, you know what? It was Nick. Nick was doing it, and we streamed it, and it just was like, wow, what a waste of fucking time. Oh my god! Uh, here's so the problem much. with Matrix. Anything is, I look at it and it just reminds me how good Matrix One was, yeah, and how man. bad Matrix Two was, so and bad. how bad Matrix Three was. I'm not and talking I, about I, it. I've heard how bad Four Matrix, Matrix Four is. Mm. 
Tim, this this won't like save Paris Matrix Louis Four. Like I don't exactly. care what you say, it won't save Matrix Four. And all you want me to do There's is no get in there and like, you know, Matrix isn't movie. that bad. So you think I'll start backing down on Avatar? Avatar yeah. is terrible. Avatar oh, needs to be stopped. Oh wait, no, hold James on. Cameron I'm on the wrong side of this. I I like Avatar. You're wrong. Right. It's it's the same thing of just like what we're talking about with video games right now, right? Where it's like you can do one and walk away. You don't have to have a 19-year plan, James Cameron. Just stop. I'd rather see Titanic 2. Can we get that? The Did Bill Paxton ever like, okay, go back down there and just see the heart of the ocean laying on the floor? He's like, oh, man, it was here the whole time, right below me. This is dope. Yeah. Well, Oops, I did it again video. It was Titanic 2. It's a great point. That's <laughs> a great point. Number nine on the Roper Report, Rumble versus Ben Delay. This is Iron Galaxy's letter about it. We want to thank everyone for their enthusiastic reception that Rumble, or the enthusiastic reception that Rumble verse received after our reveal at the Game Awards. During our first look-play session, it was hilarious and inspiring to see people land their first elbow drop from the top of a skyscraper. Those are the moments you dream about when you work on a game. The thing about game development is that plans have a way of changing, dot, dot, dot. Today, we are announcing that we've decided not to launch Rumbleverse on February 15th. Uh, having Grappital City filled with rumblers taught us a lot. We're excited about the game we're making and we're glad you are too. But there's more we want to perfect the there's more we want to do to perfect the experience. Uh, more than a game, Rumbleverse will be a community that we want to support for a long time. We are going to take the time to make sure we can do that right. That obviously means that early access won't begin on February 8th. If you bought the early access pack, we are working with our platform partners to refund your purchase. We'll provide another opportunity for you to purchase content for the game once we schedule a new launch date so number one delayed not happening february 15th anymore number two cool that they're going through the whole early access and i know they probably have to legally but you know they're very upfront of like we're going to refund your money don't panic yeah i i love this i love this game's happening it was one of those weird games like what the hell is this real like what's going on but it's iron galaxy and the fact that it's them making a wrestling Battle Royale, everything yeah. about that just seems like it's in the right hands. Of Earlier we are talking about Hyperscape, and it's like, did that team really want to make it? I'm not convinced. They might have been, whatever. Sure. This, sure. I'm like, these motherfuckers want to make this game. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, I, I missed it because it was right in the, the heat of, uh, you know, being a dad or whatever, but I'm very excited for that. Like, I liked the idea of it. The idea of a knockout city, but it is wrestling is pretty cool for me. Number, and I guess it's not exactly the same, but you understand me. Yeah. Number 10, you see the influences. You see what I'm driving at. I'm not saying, don't bother you, you're wrong me. Number 10, finally, uh, Horizon Forbidden West has gone gold. Uh, I pulled from Angie's PlayStation blog statement, but that's the statement. Horizon Forbidden West completely on target to come out on the 18th. It's gone gold, meaning that they're uh, set to start printing and distributing the game and get you into Aloy's adventure. I can't wait, Tim. Mm -hmm. So close. The problem is February 18th is so close, but it's actually so far away. Tim, if I wanted something more exciting, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Do, 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 yeah. yeah. Out today. Vagnate on Switch. Hotel mm. Life, a resort simulator on all the PlayStations, all the Xbox, Switch, and PC. Swan, Chernobyl, Unexplored on all the Xboxes. The longest road on Earth on all the PlayStations, all the Xboxes, and Switch. Circus Superstars, PS4. Wanderer, PS4 and PC. Cogen, Sword of Rewind on PlayStation 4, all the Xboxes, Switch, and PC. Sword of Rewind is a fucking cool-ass name. I talk a lot of shit about game names, and I'm going to be real, adding Kogan before it, not necessarily the move, but Sword of Rewind is sick. Do you remember Be Kind Rewind? Mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. a fucking movie that was that a fun movie remember they got they ladies and gentlemen they used to have these things called video stores where you had vhs mm-hmm. tapes these guys erased all the vhs movies so then they refilmed them themselves and then they became big hits never would have worked, worked in real life remember the amanda show greg yes amanda Bynes. not blockbuster it's block blister no, i didn't right, see we, i remember it, I, too much i remember that i was hoping there were no follow-up questions because i didn't watch it i think i might have just been i was already out of my uh snick at that point you know what i mean uh-huh. but i remember it happening it, i remember the, the, her getting promoted it was a, a sketch that they kept going back no to, no like, i kind of got it I kinda, I mean, yeah. where where it's like they would go and people would rent a movie thinking that it's one thing and ends up being a totally different thing and it was hilarious hilarity ensues greg Gomoku Let's Go is on Switch. Unforeseen Incidents on Switch. Concordia Digital Edition on Switch. Crazy Athletics. Summer Sports and Games is on Switch. Uh, Seer and Fate is on Switch. Pandemic Shooter is on Switch. Uh, Magi Trials is on Switch. Crush Crush is on Switch. Hidden Pause is on Switch. Deflector is on PC. Uh, Taiko no Tatsuna. I didn't do this one already right now. Uh, the Drum Master is now available on all the Xboxes and PC. 
the new oh this is gt online the new declass granger 3600 lx hits the roads of los santos this week as the spacious suv is now available at southern san andreas super autos alongside modifications at the agency vehicle workshop such as the missile lock-on jammer hunt showdown patch 1.7.2 is now live for pc and goes live for consoles on february 3rd and then today ea sports has officially introduced playable women's teams and full rosters to nhl 2022 no 22 uh, for the first time uh, with the inclusion of the IIHF women's teams and world championship in the latest patch update. Um, and then out, new dates for you. Uh, two point campus is coming to Nintendo switch, PlayStation four, PlayStation five, PC, Xbox one, Xbox series X, May 17th. The game will be available on Xbox game pass on its release date for Xbox platforms and PC. And then finally, your final new date, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous uh, is coming to console in autumn 2022. That's a delay. It got delayed to 2022 autumn. Deals of the day for you. We have Xbox's February games with gold. Uh, Broken Sword 5, The Serpent's Curse is going to be available February 1 to 28th. Aerial Knights Never Yield, available February yeah. 16th through March 15th. Hydrophobia, available February 1 to the 15th. And then Band of Bugs, February 16th through the 28th. Kevin, give me two of the characters in band of bugs jiminy he's a cricket <laughs> yeah you know? yeah jiminy cricket for sure yeah yeah and wallace stink jiminy bug. wallace Ooh, Who, i like wallace that stink bug from what no nothing that's just oh, my I thought, he's I mean, a new you, character see when it's you did it i thought you said jiminy cricket i was like oh man it's a crossover event you're gonna get mm -hmm. like jimmy's cricket and then like the ant from ants, and then I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, so so that's the thing. Like, I was thinking of doing that. Couldn't name another bug. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, uh, Jerry I don't know. I don't know the B movie. God, that was a terrible thing. The B movie. What a bad idea that was. What a good idea it is to write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and squad up. This is where you give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read to hear the best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, the nanobiologist needs help in Rainbow Six Extraction. Uh, you can get him on Uplay at papa underscore mort, P-A-P-A, no, I started to say P-A-P-A underscore M-O-R-T, or dot nanobiologist on Twitter. Hey, y'all. I have two achievements left in Rainbow Six Extraction. One is to get all the operators to level 10, parentheses, almost done with that, and to complete five assignments or crisis events with a score of 30K. Randos have failed me for the last time on the ladder, so I hope that the best friends can help me instead. I'm free any night and just need two best friends who have a couple operators at level 10 to squad up, kick some arch, arch archian ass, and uh, help me. I played this so much of this game, I don't know how to say the word because I don't remember the game. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, and help me get the pesky achievement. You can hit me up on Twitter, like I already said, at nanobiologist, or you play at papa underscore mort. We can coordinate from there and set up a time. Thanks. If you want to help papa underscore mort, get some of their achievements. Hit them up. Rainbow Six mm -hmm. Attraction. Uh, Tim, we ask people watching live on twitch.tv slash games to go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com podcast services around the globe uh boris and double zero says star wars 1313 was not targeting ps3 slash 360 but rather xbox one and ps4 so i knew right, it Tim. i had to, like just watching that gameplay footage i'm like this too, feels, too good yeah this feels last gen you know nanobiologist writes in and says for clarification the siege community really doesn't like extraction because of the stigma from the original operation chimera from year three season one in 2018 which was a boring co-op mode that lasted a month and brought two operators that are basically made for the co-op mode and not really for the psp pvp aspect okay you know more than me clearly i know you love this game the skill up thing was about a whole bunch of shit about that they didn't like but i'm not that's not what you're arguing so i'm just putting out there uh justin 34m says throughout the show neither of you acknowledged that it was roger's birthday it is indeed roger pocony's birthday happy birthday roger we're proud of you <laughs> justin 34m were you watching the show we both said that no man he must have been looking at some other thing when it when what was it who was it dom perion <laughs> the fuck <laughs> <in the> chat <laughs> was saying something doc robotnik doc stobotnik doc stuba a bunch of people right in here, Ben and Frankie, like, Titanic 2 already came out. You know exactly what I mean. A James Cameron Titanic 2, not the other movie thing there. You know what I mean? Uh, and then, okay. Uh, Nanobiologist says, breaking news, Yacht Club Games will have a Yacht Club Games Presents during X-Play on G4 with a quote-unquote mega announcement. This will happen February 1st. So there you go. 
Okay, and then uh, J-F-U-L-C-R-X-M says, Porygon didn't cause the seizures. Stupid Pikachu did. I mean, it was it was Pikachu fighting a Porygon, and, like, it's debatable <laughs> who actually – I'm looking at the scene right now. Be careful. Don't, don't go down. Yeah, got to be careful. Got to be careful. But uh, <laughs> that's a very funny Euroc, though. Stupid, stupid Pikachu. Pikachu. That's what I did it to him. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, uh, you could watch us do the post show over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, Tim and I will talk about things. If you don't want to do that, you can stay here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. And Mike and Blessing are going to play video games. It's listed as Metal Gear or Demon Souls. So we'll see what that turns out to be. Uh, if you want to see them play games later, you can go to YouTube com slash kind of funny place where you can also go right now and see the archive of me uh beating mike's ass at monopoly no big deal didn't know how to mortgage what are you talking about why are you talking what are you talking about no idea uh, no idea and then of course uh tomorrow there'll be another games daily it's going to be blessing and from the fourth best elden ring website tomorrow wow. hussein tomorrow hussein will be here i'm sure he will not have anything to say about any of the things i've said to today and he won't make fun of me at all uh like i said this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. Of course, if you don't want to do that, no problem. YouTube.com slash games. Podcast services around the globe. We got a post show to do. So until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.